Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting to pharmacist Elise Apolloni all about prescription medications to treat mental health problems. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm very excited to have you tune into the show today. I actually have one of my guests back on the show. I'm really excited to have Elise Apolloni back. She's a friend of the show now. And um, Elise is a community pharmacist and diabetes educator from the Capital Chemist Group, our lovely sponsor. And she chatted to us last time about diabetes medications and it was absolutely fantastic. My team and I really nerded out on the questions we asked her. And today I'm chatting to Elise all about mental health medications, specifically the ones used to treat depression and anxiety. We have a number of our clients come through the clinic taking these medications with concerns about how it's affecting their diet. So I am going to pick Elise's brain all about that today. So welcome, Elise. Great to have you you back. Thank you for having me. Thank you. (laughs) You are so welcome. It's really awesome to chat to you again. And I I have sent you a pretty epic list of questions to pick your brain about. But I thought you had such a great fun fact last time on the show. Did you have another one that you'd like to share? (laughs) I was chatting to my husband about this. I was like, I don't know if I have two interesting food things. He told me I had to tell you about this thing called topper. Have you ever heard of topper before? No. It's, it's a sometimes food. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a pizza and all that you have on it is the tomato sauce bit, right? So you don't have cheese or anything. Okay. And in Griffith, where his family's from, all the Italian restaurants make this topper thing and it's just delicious. So it's just a fun fact is go to Griffith and get yourself a topper. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and do you yeah. just eat pizza with sauce, like it's just based with sauce and you just eat that? Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds weird, but when I was a kid, I used to like get the normal pizza when our family would occasionally have a takeaway and I used to take all the topping off it and eat it and little did I know, 20 years down the track, (laughs) it's like a staple. It's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I feel like heaps of kids eat pizza that way. Exactly. Just pick the the toppings off. Purpose-made one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. You've got some carbohydrate and some tomato sauce on top. Yep. Where can you go wrong? So but there is a vegetable in there or a fruit technically, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I love that. I had actually yeah. never heard of Topper. So that's mm. really, really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. You were full of nice. great Italian fun facts. So this is very good. So yeah, let's talk mental health today. Tell me more about just your your interest in mental health and how how that started for you. Sure. Uh, I've always had a bit of an interest um, in mental health. At first, when I first finished my degree 10 years ago, I actually, without really thinking about it, um, picked a mental health subject at, at uni and did some postgrad study. So that was interesting. But it didn't really come into my awareness so much until 2015. And at, at our pharmacy, we lost a very young person, um, a young adult to suicide. It was absolutely devastating and is still probably one of the most difficult moments in my life and the lives of a lot of the staff um, Mm -hmm. and the community at that point in time that experienced that. So really difficult, tragic circumstance that made us look at 
the world a bit differently mm. and what we could have done better and what we didn't notice because we didn't necessarily have the right training or expertise to be able to realise what was happening in front of us. And while work was a great opportunity and safe place for that person, we didn't realise some of the red flags that were going on behind in the background. So with that experience, we decided to do more. So I went and became a mental health first aid trainer. Mm -hmm. So I still train for um, our pharmacy group, but also pharmacists around the country and pharmacy assistants, which is really important. So I think there's a few hundred people across the country that have been trained by me now, which I find really gratifying and important to improve information and awareness everywhere in the pharmacy space. And then we did some more study as well. And we've implemented some mental health support services in terms of sort of flagging systems and referral pathways from our pharmacies as well off the back of that experience. So that's where the interest comes from and the motivation to make sure that we are all doing the best we can in what's often really tough circumstances, particularly tough right now and making sure that any place in the healthcare system that people might come into contact with are trained and can appropriately help others navigate what's available to help them. Yeah. Amazing. That's, that's an incredible story. And yeah, it's, I really like it when, you know, these really difficult situations that we face, we can, it's like being able to turn them around for good, I think, you know, and I really love that. That's awesome. Well done. So how does this, as a pharmacist, what's, what's this meant for your job now that you've obviously, you did the training yourself and you're training others? How does that help you do better as a pharmacist? I think there's an association that pharmacists and medicines go together. And to an extent, that's correct. I mean, we do have medicines next to us (laughs) um, when you come to visit us and we do talk about medicines and can recommend certain medicines. But there's also a component of mental health that isn't treated by medicine. And for every person that comes in, there's one person that may take a medication, one person that might use alternative lifestyle changes, another person that uses talking therapy, some that use a combination. So from a pharmacist perspective, I think it's important to not only know about the medicine side, but all the other stuff that can help people live a mentally healthier life um, or at least have some strategies that we can talk to people about. And it's often many health professionals like nutritionists dietitians, GPs, psychologists, all working together to make sure that people get the best of all the different areas of the healthcare system working for them. Yeah, it just, it it makes our pharmacist role even more important to remind people not just about the medicine, because that's often the conversation we're having with them at a pharmacy, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's nice to see elements of the healthcare system starting to head in that direction of really thinking about the person as a whole and all the different elements of their life. And um, I 100% agree. It's really nice when when all of the health professionals have this awareness of other things that can, that can help their client or their patient. So let's talk about antidepressants in particular, but maybe a step back from that. Can you give me, and this is an impromptu question, and I hope that's okay, but can you give me an overall like overview of the medications, like sure. the main ones? Because antidepressants, I imagine, are just a subset of them. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. So not dissimilar than when we spoke about diabetes a few weeks back. In the mental health world, there's a number of classes of medications that work in depression Mm -hmm. um, and anxiety 
it's a very broad, in mental health is probably, you know, an umbrella because there are just so many different mental health conditions that people experience. And there are actually many different medications that are used. So there's your traditional medications, you know, we would, you'd expect, which are termed antidepressants. And they usually work on different chemicals in the brain and neurotransmitters, things like serotonin, and they change how those neurotransmitters behave to change signaling basically. And ultimately the the idea is that that improves how the person feels in terms of their well-being. And there's a, there's numerous types depending on the type of condition that someone experiences, their main symptoms. So for example, some of the medications help people sleep if sleeping is not happening or if insomnia is an issue. Some of the medications, you know, can almost have an awake type effect. There's different medicines as well outside of the class, I suppose you'd call it, of antidepressants that also work alongside. So some of those medicines can be used to help stabilise mood or to help um, with some of the other symptoms that might surround a person experiencing a mental health condition. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's quite broad and sometimes there's a few medications on board. Sometimes there's no medication on board and sometimes there's just one. So it's it's really quite variable and tailored to the individual and what works for them because medicine isn't always the answer, but for some people, medicine is the answer. So it's sort of a, yeah, yeah. individualized approach. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that makes sense really. <laughs> and I think, you know, I mentioned in my brief to you that I think just having a conversation about medications to treat mental health conditions is I think an important part of removing stigma around oh I have to take a medication or you know I'm showing to be weaker than another person who perhaps doesn't need medication to help me with my mental health so yeah it's good to know I certainly thought yeah just take an antidepressant or take this and there's this sort of a bit of a blanket approach but it certainly makes sense that it would be much more individualized than that So when you start taking a medication, is it pretty much effective straight away or is it sort of a build-up effect and does it take a little while to work? Tell me a bit more about that. In the antidepressant world, it usually takes a couple of weeks for medications to reach their full effect. So we tend to say a blanket amount of time of two to four weeks, but sometimes it can even be a bit longer than that. Mm. And the reason for that is the medicine takes a while to um, go in and to help with those chemicals and neurotransmitters in the brain that we were talking about. Um, And the person themselves is often going through a lot. So, you know, we're trying to, you know, it takes a bit of time for everything to sort of come into place. So, yeah, it, it varies, but some people, some people, yeah, within a couple of weeks and for some people it's a bit longer. And it's worth saying that for some people, what they take won't be the right choice the first time around or the second time around. But the good news is there's just so many different options that if medicine is the solution for a person or part of the solution for a person, there's certainly a lot of different choices to tailor it to that particular person. Yeah. So, so if it sort of turns out that maybe a few months down the track, the person is really not feeling like they're making any progress or feeling better in terms of their symptoms, it's it's actually worth them trying something else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And certainly in terms of side effects, sometimes people actually feel worse when they start an antidepressant in terms of their emotions or their mood. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, we don't want people to feel worse 
of course, there's maybe some other side effects. You might feel a bit sick in the tummy or maybe you feel a bit more tired than usual or something like that. And that's not nice either, but that should pass fairly quickly. But if people are feeling, yeah, like it's everything's getting heavier as a result of starting a new medicine, that's not something that people need to put up with because like I said, there's so many different choices. Um, So it's about that really close relationship with your GP and going back regularly to have that reviewed and, you Mm -hmm. know, changed if necessary to to meet the person because you just have no idea what medicine is the right one for a person. Just, just like, you you know, for every person that we're all individual and our bodies do different things and we're experiencing different symptoms and it's, it's just very difficult to just have one, you know, magic, magic solution. <laughs> magic for everybody. pill. Yeah. 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 The magic, yeah. The infamous magic pill. So, so yeah, yeah it is, it is. It, and it's important for people to know that because to have the expectation that the very first medicine that you try is the perfect, the perfect solution, that's a big expectation. And for some people that may be the case, mm. but for some people, that won't be their experience or they may need medicine and, you know, lifestyle help or they, or, you know, lifestyle changes or, and also, and, you know, talking therapy at the same time, that sort of thing. So I just think it's important to be realistic about it and know that there's a lot of choice, but just like, you know, many things in life, the the first choice isn't always the one that you end up going with. Yeah, (laughs) a hundred percent. I'm really passionate about this whole area of managing expectations around all kinds of life, you know, when you have children going on a holiday, managing your expectations of how great that holiday is going to be with a four-year-old. Holiday, yes. (laughs) You know, managing your expectation of like how nutrition is going to support your health. But it's this whole idea of of embracing trial and error, of knowing that we're going to make a plan and we're going to find what we think is the best solution based on what we know about you, but but embrace the fact that we can't predict everything or know everything and, and that trial and error is the best way to eventually get to the point where we've figured out what the right option yep. and treatment is for you. So it's it's so true, isn't it? It's like this principle that just goes throughout life. Um, yeah. So my next question is this idea of, you know, I've talked to many clients and just, just people over the years who have been taking some medication for some time and are feeling better and with a goal to be able to come off the the antidepressant or the medication, what would be your advice around that? You know, obviously, probably not just coming off without talking to someone, but yeah, if someone sort of came into the pharmacist pharmacy and was like, you know, I'm feeling really good, can I just stop taking my medication? What would you say? Well, it's worth noting that the medicine being in your system could be a big part of why you feel so good, which is great yeah. that you've come to that point, but it's not these medicines aren't necessarily medicines that are taken forever, but they usually are taken for a period of time to serve a purpose. And that is to help the person often through difficult times and, you know, a set of symptoms that are really interrupting their daily life and yeah. and trying to overcome that. Now, in terms of stopping a medication, this is something where it's so important to have a chat to your GP because these sorts of medications, while they're not addictive um, in that you usually won't need a higher and higher amount of them to get the same effect over time, it is 
is a medication that, you know, it's helped with some changes in chemicals in the brain. So that's a big job. And so that's a job that we want to gradually ease off. Um, We wouldn't want somebody to go from something to nothing Mm -hmm. unless, um, you know, there was a significant medical reason for that, which a GP or a doctor would be the only person that could make that call. So, so yeah, it is, it is something people can certainly come off these medications, but it's something to discuss with your GP and they can sort of, you know, look at the whole landscape and assess everything that's going on and hopefully make a, you know, a plan as to the safest way to do that, to give you the best chance of coming off that medication as comfortably as possible. Yeah. So it's certainly not something you would want to do impulsively, but it's really kind of settling into to a journey of, mm. of t- letting help, yeah. letting that medication help you feel better and then thinking through what the next steps might yeah. be. Yeah. Just like yeah. it can take a couple of weeks to kind of get to where you want. If you start a medication, you kind of have to have, you know, slow start and, you know, slowly taper off. And depending on the medicines, there's lots of different recommendations around how that's done, which is why it's so important to have a chat to your GP because it's just so variable. Um, mm. There's a whole heap of factors involved. So Yeah, um, absolutely. That's it for today's episode. Tune in for part two tomorrow. A big thank you to The Capital Chemist and The Daily Dollop In Crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review. 